Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, Saving Babies and Souls, and Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to donate. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. And back with another episode of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Myself, Bob Duco, of course. We got John and Roger, and Neil Boron will be back with us next week. John, Roger, how you guys doing? Great. You? Doing okay, Bob. How good. Always good. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay, we got a lot to unpack. We're going to be talking about the election. Here we are a week later. Oh my goodness, you have to be kidding me. Why in the world is it taking so long to finish out all of these votes? And of course, what's going to happen with the Senate and the House and uh, what are the implications of all this? But we're also later on in this hour going to be talking about the FTX bankruptcy and their uh, CEO, their Democrat mega donor CEO, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. And so there's a lot to talk about. But before we get into all of this, I'm going to throw just a quick curveball audible and just throw this out in the first segment and and address this. Either of you guys watch the Mike Pence, David Muir interview on ABC? No. Uh, okay. I, I watched it. And I have to say, I, this is really making my eye twitch. Now, I know that they're... I know that there's going to be a lot of discussions about Donald Trump. We're recording this on Tuesday morning, and it's Tuesday evening tonight that Donald Trump's planning on making a major announcement. So we don't know if he's going to announce he's running for 2024. He's not running, but we don't know. He's probably going to announce he's running. We don't know. We'll talk about that in more detail next week. So, And I understand there's different views about, hey, is it time to dump Trump and, and move forward and whatever. Like I say, we'll have that discussion next week. But... Uh, ABC interviewed Mike Pence about January 6th. The whole thing was about January 6th. And the, the, the tone of the interview was as though you're, you're interviewing a 9-11 survivor. You know, it was just, you, heard, you hear the music, the, the ominous, somber music, almost like it's a funeral dirge playing. And uh, so... Tell me, how how did you emotionally handle it that day of January 6th? And then Mike Pence sits there and con, uh, contemplates it. And it's like, well, this was real. You know, it's just the, the heaviness that was created of this. And look, I'm not saying January 6th was nothing. Of course not. You know, and all of us condemn what those original couple of hundred people did when they stormed the Capitol. And then the initial uh, additional 600 or so people that moseyed on into the Capitol afterward, uh, after the police opened the doors or whatever. So it was wrong what they did. We all admit that. But my goodness, this thing is not. Here's what I'm waiting for. You go to Washington, D.C. There's a World War II memorial. And when people stand at the World War II memorial, it's a very somber, quiet thing. There's the Holocaust memorial. It's a somber, quiet thing. There's the 9-11 memorial. It's a it's a somber place. Okay, I honestly am predicting that the Democrats at some point are going to create a January sixth memorial, yep. and it's going to be there with candles lit and everything else. And I guess I'm just like, 
come on. Okay, where's the memorial for Black Lives Matter Antifa riots that actually killed dozens of people, okay? Where's the memorial for the May 2020 riots outside the White House when Donald Trump had to be ushered by Secret Service out of the Oval Office down to a secure bunker for his safety? And, you know, I look at Donald Trump and I look at January 6th and could Trump have sent out a tweet quicker telling them, hey, stop it, okay? Should he have waited two hours to send out the, hey, knock it off and go home and be peaceful tweet? Yes, he should have sent it out quicker. But you know something? When Trump was taken to the uh, bunker under the Oval Office, under the White House, for the riots outside of the White House, uh, you know how long it took Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all of the Democrats to issue a tweet telling them, go home and knock it off? It wasn't two hours. It was never, okay? It never happened. So I guess there's this part of me that's like, I'm frustrated with Mike Pence that, and I like Mike Pence. He's a brother in Christ. I interviewed him a couple of times during on my show during the 2020 election. Okay, but he's feeding into, he's giving fuel and credibility to the Democrats' narrative that January 6th was basically the latest 9/11 in this country. It's like a Holocaust memorial remembrance that we have to have, and it's like. Stop it. Knock it off. So I, I just I had to get that off my chest. But in this first segment, I'd love to get you guys take on the January 6th. I don't want to go to one extreme, which is say it's nothing. No, it was not nothing. But my goodness, just going to the other extreme, I just think is ridiculously absurd. Here we are almost two years later. John, what do you think? F- fully agree, Bob. And I, I, uh, I never really thought about your memorial thought until just now when you said that. But you're exactly right. That's exactly what they'll end up doing. They, they, they have blown something. You know, they make it. They've made a mountain out of literally a molehill, or I'm not even sure it was a molehill to start with. I mean, like you said, and we've said many times on this program. I've said it on my own show. I know you guys have as well. I never once condoned what happened on January 6th. In fact, exactly. I said if I was there, I wouldn't have done the things those individuals did. Just not me. Not what I would have done. On the same token, I get why it happened. I get the frustration that was there. I get that it's the people's capital. That's the other thing I think that a lot of folks forget. It is, in fact, you know, quote unquote, public property. You know, the public taxpayers pay for all of that. Now, does that give you right to just have free reign over it and do whatever you want to? Of course not. And we've condemned that many, many times on this program. So, you know, am I, con- am I you know, condoning what they did? Absolutely not. On the same token, I think a lot of people got sucked in at the heat of the moment that really, if they'd have really thought through it a little further, never would have in the first place. Is it as big a deal as the left is trying to make it out to be? Not even close, Bob. Right. Roger, let me get your take on this real quick, because if you get a chance sometime, watch the interview, watch the ABC interview, listen to the music that they play in the background, the heavy tone that's created. That the You feel like you're at a funeral. I'm telling you, it absolutely has the feel of a of a holocaust survivor interview and there just there comes a point when it's like come on stop and, and here's mike pence i mean i hope i really hope and pray that mike pence does not turn into another kind of george w bush establishment kind of guy but i got a bad feeling that this may be the case i don't know it's just very frustrating for me to watch the the magnitude and the emotional heaviness that was given to this interview about January 6th. Well, let's watch and learn because this is the way you appeal to progressives. All emotional. 
first yeah. and foremost, emotion, emotion, emotion. It's all the feels. We're going to take the, apart the election here and take a look at you know some of the ways that the uh, Democrats were able to be successful in ways that people did not understand. If you look at the historical numbers, then you see, oh, well, massively unpopular president, tanking economy, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this should be a slam dunk, should have been a red wave for Republicans. How did so many Democrats turn out? And the reason, I mean, just the short answer is emotions. I mean, the, the, that type of interview. The January 6th event, let's face it, I do feel bad badly for the people who were storming you know the, the the capitol building not because of what they did i mean you know if you've committed crime then sure you i wouldn't have stormed it i'm with john i mean i right. might have gone to hear some of the speeches i actually had some friends who were there and i interviewed them that day said what did you see they said nothing we you know there, it was very peaceful where we were there were a couple million people here but for right. a few hundred you know they got involved in the violence then it was it was really a, a massive outpouring but there were a lot of people who also had some sincerely some sincerely uh held beliefs about our country as well who said hey this is the people's house and we want to take it back so i mean you got to at least listen to what they're saying but we've become a nation where there are thinkers and feelers the feelers are progressives the conservatives have a tendency to be more thoughtful i know that sounds like a really horrible thing to say but the reality is if, when we start unpacking why the election went the way it did you're going to find out that a lot of progressives kept contradicting themselves in the way they voted and for the candidates for whom they voted for and you know one of the big cries of democracy must be preserved but 50% of these people are getting some kind of social welfare. I mean, you know, the, the fact that they're right. so dependent on a socialistic government type of plan, but then say, we have to protect democracy. All you have to do, you're right. It's all about the music. Why do you think NPR is so popular? Let's get the English sounding accent on the announcer. Let's play the acoustic guitar and the lute and the cello in the background. And yep. All of a sudden you feel exactly. more into him, right? So that's unfortunately what you watch, Bob. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Oh, yeah. I'm talking, watch the Mike Pence interview. Listen to the violins in the background. It's like, you have to be kidding me. All right. Uh, we, we got a lot to unpack about the elections. And then we're going to talk about the FTX bankruptcy in the second half. And so we got a lot more to get to. But we want to remind everybody too, okay? You hear me talking about pre-born every day. Roe v. Wade is overturned. We know that. But the pro-abortion crowd, they're on steroids right now pushing abortion. And you got to remember, women, especially a lot of young women, they are still getting pregnant and Planned Parenthood is still trying to convince them to get an abortion. But you can stop those abortions. You know that? By partnering with Preborn. Preborn, remember, they show ultrasound images to, of unborn babies to expectant moms. They do this with pro-life pregnancy centers all across America. This is what Preborn does. They're the number one competitor to Planned Parenthood in this country. But here's the thing. When a woman sees an ultrasound image of her baby, that's the first time she's ever seen a picture of her baby. And statistically, she lets that baby live 83% of the time. You know that? So this takes money, folks. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. We're asking everybody listening to us right now on this podcast to donate $280 one time to stop 10 abortions. Would you do that? Now, if you're financially blessed by God and you can do $2,800 and save 100 babies' lives, that's great. But for everybody, we're asking 10 babies, $280, would you consider doing that right now? Here's all you got to do. Pick up the phone. Give them a call at Preborn, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable. They answer the phones 24 hours a day. Or you know what? Just donate right now online. You can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab. And you can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. And it's a nice tax write-off 
tax write-off coming up at the end of the year too. So do this now if you would, okay? CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. As we talk on the National Crawford Roundtable about the election, let's shift to that. So as I said, we're recording this as of Tuesday morning. And as of Tuesday morning, the AP has Republicans in the House at 217 seats. They need 218 seats to take control of the House. It's looking like Republicans will probably pick up maybe two, possibly three more seats. So Republicans are probably going to end up with 219, maybe 220. That is a razor-thin control in the House of Representatives, but at least it is still control. Uh, control is control. The The team that wins the Super Bowl by one point gets the very same Super Bowl ring as the team that wins by 30 points. Now, it would still be better to have a wider margin, there's no doubt, but the bottom line, the gavel will be taken out of the hands of Nancy Pelosi. The Senate, unfortunately, goes to the Democrats. They have control of the Senate. They retained control. They don't even need uh, Raphael Warnock's runoff in December 6th to still have control. So it's really going to be as a 50-50 control for the Democrats or 51-49. We'll find out. But here's what's frustrating about this. This is what I want to go around the table and talk about. Uh, Roger, to, to watch how long these uh, these election counts have gone on. Uh, I mean, my goodness, you still have, California has several congressional districts that some of them aren't even 50% counted yet. You have uh, votes that aren't completely counted in Arizona, in Nevada, in Colorado. We'll get John on that in a little bit. Uh, this is really insane. And I guess, Roger, I'm, I'm wondering, why is it that we can't go back to the way that it was just not that long ago when everybody voted with a paper ballot. The overwhelming majority of people showed up on election day, not election month, not election season, election day. You voted, and then you have people from both parties to supervise the counting of the votes, and we know pretty much who won the election that night by 11 or 12 o'clock, with the exception of the really, really close races where we know that a recount is necessary. Other than that, we knew who it was. We didn't have to wait two weeks to find out who won particular races. But now with the advanced 2022 technology and everything's electronic, it takes us longer to find out. We don't have election night results anymore. We have election season results. And I'm just saying that to me, in my honest opinion, Roger, raises red flags of suspicion and gives fuel to the election fraud concerning people, the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists. I look at stuff like this and it makes me suspect that maybe, just maybe, there's more election fraud than anybody really wants to admit. Call me a nutcase. Your thoughts on no, this whole thing? No, not, I don't call you a nutcase at all. I call you a brother. I mean, because you're actually standing up and calling this for what it is. The reality is when you look statistically at mail-in voting, which every state has access to now, of course, Colorado has been the rule of law there for a while and Oregon and other states as well. But Democrats traditionally will vote early and they'll vote in early voting and will vote by mail. So I do find it very, very peculiar that all of a sudden in Nevada and Arizona and all these other places where the, the elections are still too close to call, we're finding this groundswell all of a sudden hey karen bass is extending her lead over rick caruso in the la mayor's race how is that possible to keep finding more democratic votes 
when typically and historically those votes should have already come in and already been counted. I mean, do they hang them in the background? It's, it's very, very suspicious. But you brought up something, Bob, that I'd really like to underscore here, too, because we have a new partner who's part of uh, the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, and that is the issue of free speech. Why is it that everyone, it seems, who brings a voice like ours to the court of public opinion now is called an election denier or someone who's filled with hate speech and this, that, and the other thing? I think of Carrie Lake in Arizona as yet another victim of that. And we are very blessed to be partnering now with the Alliance Defending Freedom, who is actually spending, uh, has spent more time on this type of issue than any other. Every time you hear about, like, a, the nurse at CVS Pharmacy was fired for a Catholic faith because she didn't want to have to either administer the jab or get the jab, or, or anytime you see a parent who's coming up against a school system and saying, hey, those books are against my values and they're pornography and you really shouldn't be uh, engaging in this type of thing. Uh, groups like ADF, and ADF is the premier, this is the first and foremost. I mean, this is a group that has Dr. James Dobson's name written all over it. This is a group that has been standing in the gap for Christians for religious liberty cases for years and years and years. And they do so remarkably pro bono. I mean, I love the fact that when you look at these cases like Aaron and Melissa Klein or Jack Phillips at Masterpiece Cake Shop, those people are not paying for their legal defense because Alliance Defending Freedom will defend them pro bono. And the reason they can do that is because people like us actually make financial support gifts uh, in kind to support them. So I encourage you to go to adflegal.org or go to crawfordmediagroup.net. We're coming up on the end of the year. It's a completely tax deductible donation in support of the Alliance Defending Freedom. And ADF is, they're the standard bearer when it comes to religious liberty cases of all different stripes. Uh, to the point about election integrity, I wouldn't be surprised, Bob, if uh, ADF winds up taking on one of these cases where there's yeah. a, a challenge to the court because this is the kind of work that they do. They, they'll, they'll take a look at, you know, whether or not a candidate's being slandered or, you know, someone's being uh, mocked or whatever for their Christian faith in ways that are completely illegal. So I encourage you, our, our NCR listeners, to go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, make your best donation to support Alliance Defending Freedom because they are in partnership with us to get the word out that there is an organization that will fight these battles, whether it's the Sanctity of Life or 303 Creative or any of the different cases that you hear about in the news. There's a very good chance that Alliance Defending Freedom is the legal team behind them. And, and we're grateful that there are Christians, uh, Bob, that will actually take that stand mm -hmm. in public That's right. Oh, that's right. I'll tell you what, I I can't say enough about Alliance Defending Freedom. They are such a phenomenal organization. We've all interviewed them countless times. I have them as a regular feature on my show, and they're, they're just, they are fantastic. We're so awesome. thankful for awesome. ADF and the work that they do. Uh, you know, John, I want to get your take on the dragging out of the elections. It, it, it does seem as though the Democratic mantra is, let's just keep voting until eventually the Democrat wins. In uh, Arizona, Carrie Lake, it looks like she's lost now to Katie Hobbs, who, by the way, is the Secretary of State of Arizona who's in Give charge of elections and wouldn't recuse herself. Can you imagine if this were the other way around? And in Arizona, you here's what I noticed. When there was about five or 600,000 votes left, uh, Carrie Lake was poised to win. She was The votes that were still outstanding, she was averaging about 70% of the votes that were outstanding. But... 
What happens? It drags out, it drags out, it drags out day after day after day. Well, a little bit of a dump here, a little bit of a dump here. And suddenly she went from getting 70% of those outstanding votes to just a little over 50% of those outstanding votes. And John, I know people are like, oh, I don't want to say with my outside voice, election fraud concerns because it makes me look like a conspiracy theorist. But I can't help but wonder, just like we have a big underground organized network of illegal drugs, a big underground organized network of illegal guns, uh, sex trafficking, human trafficking. There's all these kinds of illegal underground mm -hmm. operations that exist. And I can't help but wonder if there are not illegal underground operations, organized networks of Democrat voter fraud that produces a bunch of fraudulent ballots. And it's like, we just need an election season so we can trickle in below the radar screen as much as we can. It makes me very suspicious. And what we're watching right now uh, adds to that suspicion. We right. can't even get the votes counted. You got two right. districts in Colorado that are still open. Correct. Correct. No, I agree with everything you're saying. And you guys know me. I'm by no means a you know election fraud conspiracy theorist. You know, I, I'm somebody that believes elections have been you know wrought with fraud from day one because men run them. Men are evil. We all know that. We're of we're of a sinful nature, and things are going to happen. We have to have the right structure, laws, you know, checks and balances in place to make those things don't happen. Otherwise, there's going to be fraud, corruption in every election that we have, no matter what country you're in. We're not perfect in the United States of America, guys, when it comes to that. So on the same token, with all that being said, if we as Republicans would run the right campaigns, run not, not in, I know this whole conversation as far as the, the actual candidate goes, but if we ran the right campaigns and got our side out to vote and we swamped them with votes, we wouldn't be having this conversation because there's really nothing the other side can do. And I know there's people that are going to come out and say, well, they can fix the voting machines, and they can do this, and they can do that. And my comment back to all of that, especially on the voting machines, is I'm not saying that that's not happening, guys, but just where's the proof? I mean, we've now heard this for the past three years uh, almost now when it comes to the, the voting machine uh, you, you know, the nefarious things that could be going on with the voting machines themselves. And all I'm saying is there's always a footprint when it comes to things electronically. And I would have thought by now the smoking gun, the Kraken, had been released, if you would, which, by the way, never happened in 2020. And, Bob, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but I would like some legitimate proof and really understanding more of what's going on because you would think by now bob we know how the drug running works we know how the cartels work we know how all the underground things that you just talked about worked why don't we know more about how this works well and i think that that's a fair point and, and i would like to see that kind of uh very clear unambiguous proof and honestly i'm, I'm hopeful that assuming that this that this cartel exists, that somehow, some way, somebody's going to be able to articulate the absolute proof I mean, of this. People talk, Bob. We all know that. I mean, whether no, you're I, in a cartel or not, I mean, people talk, things come out. There's no, I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm wrong, guys, but there's no such thing as a secret anymore. There's so many people, so many things, so much stuff that gets involved that people talk. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, even back in the mafia days when they tried to keep things quiet, people talk. There's no secrets. So if that's the case, why don't we know more about all of this? Okay. Well, and and by the way, I will say this. There have been some anecdotal cases. There's been at least Agreed. a couple of people that I know of that have come out and said, I was part of this. Okay, this is what we did. This is the kind of stuff well, that we Well, 2000 Mules explained a lot of that for a lot of you that are listening that maybe want yeah. more information. That movie explains a lot of that. And, and it really does. And I will say this also, okay. Uh, on Monday 
of last week. Now, this is the day before the election, so keep in mind, on Monday of last week, uh, everybody kind of assumed, especially the mainstream media, that it was going to be a red wave for Democrats. So the, the liberal media, John, was already preparing for the questioning the election results. Politico and New York Times, both of them, ran articles saying, you know, with uh, election results, you can't really know because these electronic voting machines and the electronic tabulators, they can be hacked, okay? That's what they said. And Politico said they can be hacked affecting the outcome. Now, that's Politico's language on Monday. Now, of course, by the time Wednesday came along, they're like, oh, let's not talk about this anymore. Okay, this is a clean election now because the Republicans had a bad day. But when they assumed the Republicans were going to have a really good day, they're already pre-planning the, we can't necessarily trust the election results because these machines can be hacked. So was Politico and New York Times, were they a bunch of conspiracy theorists, nutcases for even suggesting such a thing? So I, I just, I get what you're saying. I want to see the clear, unambiguous proof too, in a simple way that can be explained that everybody can get. That hasn't come out yet. I've interviewed experts on this, uh, and you know, like forensic experts mm -hmm. that have done a lot of deep dives. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it, it's there's a lot of information that they present, but it's not transferable because it's so difficult to understand. And there's so many branches to this tree that, that it's, it's difficult to try to, to, to clear up. But uh, Roger, we got about... We got about thirty seconds left to the uh, for the break, but I want just in that thirty seconds, I want to get your quick take on that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with John. I mean, there are so many different places where, and we've seen, we can go into this in the second half of the podcast, where the elections can be compromised by on the state level through state. Uh, state legislature, secretary of state, et cetera, um, even to, all the way up to local courts. But in terms of the massive, widespread, whatever, we're still waiting for that kind of evidence. And I think that's more anecdotal than anything else we should focus on, A, making sure that we tighten up laws and enforce them properly. But B, as John mentioned too, if Newt Gingrich is right, there were 6 million more Republican votes and Democrat votes cast in this last election. Why is it that we lost so many races? I think that's something we have to analyze do a little come to Jesus moment and get ready for 24. Right. Absolutely. Well, in the second half of this podcast, we are going to be talking about a little bit more on the election and we're going to be getting to the FTX uh, bankruptcy and the whole crypto uh, made off thing that's happening. And we do want to remind everybody as well, if you haven't donated to Preborn yet to stop some of these abortions, please do it now. You can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. All right, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab and you can give right there. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion. That's right. You save one baby's life for 28 bucks. $280, you stop 10 abortions. We're asking everybody to give $280 right now to Preborn. Remember, they do this by showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to those moms. And those moms choose life 83% of the time statistically when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. So go right now, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab, or you can call the 24-hour phone number at 833-850-BABY and give right over the phone. But do this now if you would. The second half of the National Crawford Roundtable coming up. Don't forget, you can watch video of this podcast at myhopenow.com or uh, listen wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, crawfordmediagroup.net. The second half... If you're not able to listen on your regular radio station, 
go to the website of your radio station and check the program guide because sometimes they might air the second half at a different time. You can check that out. Otherwise, just listen to us online for the second half of CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And that is coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit, Roger Marsh of the Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Neil will be back with us next week. We've been talking about the election. A little bit more on the election, guys, and then we'll move to the FTX crypto bankruptcy uh, mess. But First, what, is, what does this mean exactly? Roger, uh, what is the significance now of the Democrats, they keep the Senate. Okay, the Republicans take the House, but barely, all right? They barely took the House. But I think we still have to acknowledge a win is a win. What this does is it puts the Republicans in a position to put the brakes on Joe Biden and the Democrats' agenda. Uh, they do control the purse strings, even if it's just by one vote. So at least we have that, but they also control the committees, the investigative committees. And one of the things I'm curious about, and I'd love to get your take on this, not only do Republicans need to launch congressional investigations into the Department of Justice and FBI and uh, Alejandro Mayorkas and the open border and, and, and the corruption in the Biden family, I mean, these things need to be investigated. But you know what? The January 6th uh, sham hearings, Roger... I don't think they ought to shut those down. I think they ought to leave them open and say, now, after one and a half years of only hearing one side, it's now equal time time. And so now we're changing the makeup of the committee, and now we're going to present the opposing views, and we're going to let you see the other, and we're going to subpoena Nancy Pelosi and have her explain why she did not take advantage of Donald Trump's offer of 20,000 National Guard troops to keep the area secure. Why did Nancy Pelosi pass on that? And while we're at it, let's go ahead and examine Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the rioting, the rhetoric that's involved. I say let's present the other side of this in, uh, and instead of doing it normally in a courtroom the way you do, both sides present, fine, Democrats had the year and a half. We're not going to drag it out for a year and a half, but we're going to take at least a couple of months and present what they censored from you the other way. I think they ought to keep the hearings going, my personal opinion. But your take, what do Republicans do now with the lead? Well, the first thing the Republicans have to do is show a unified front. All this squabbling about McCarthy and McConnell and this, that, and the other thing, they've got to shut that down. One thing Democrats do well, they do way better than Republicans do, is when there was a progressive versus liberal Democrat front and Joe Biden was going to be the front runner, they found a way to make peace within their own party. Now, of course, that gave us communist socialist Kamala Harris as vice president. But nonetheless, the Democrats do a better job. And again, they have the media on their side so they can tell the story. Republicans have to acknowledge the fact that they don't have a media voice on the side. So any kind of squabbling, any kind of bickering between Republican leadership, oh, Marco Rubio says they should delay the vote. Oh, Kevin McCarthy says he's not going to you know, step down, this, that, and the other thing. Can we re- just rejoice in the fact that Nancy Pelosi won't be Speaker of the House anymore? Right. Can we have two years of not having to put up with that nonsense anymore? And to your point, absolutely. D- continue the January. We're just getting started. I mean, they kept bringing out the new bomb. We've been getting a new bombshell every month for the past 10 months, and they still haven't arrested anybody. They still haven't indicted anybody. It's just all political theater. Do you think 
think a the the alphabet networks are all going to continue with the primetime hearings now that Kevin McCarthy might be running them, that his team might be in charge? I don't think so. The problem with the Senate that's just so frustrating is there is enough evidence to impeach Joe Biden. I mean, it right. put Hunter Biden on the side. And now that won't happen. Um, right. But the, to the Senate point, I mean, a part, there are those who are saying, well, shoot, you know, I mean, now that it's 50 to 49, the Warnock, uh, Herschel Walker thing doesn't really make that big a deal. It actually does. It does. Yeah. Jason Yates at My Faith Votes put out a really great piece this morning about saying, hey, look, to this point you were talking about in the House, same thing happens in the Senate. Committee positions, things of that nature. That 50th uh, Senate seat for Republicans is huge. So quite frankly, you know, if you're in Georgia, if you know somebody in Georgia, make sure you get on their case. And maybe Herschel Walker is not the best candidate. But quite frankly, for the so-called Reverend Raphael Warnock, if mm. you're choosing between those two, that choice is, is a slam dunk. It's a, it's a no-brainer. If nothing more, put a stick in the spoke, log jam up, keep the Biden administration from advancing their socialistic agenda. But um, quite frankly, the Republicans need to unify and stay unified. And that means the pro-Trump people who are mad with the way things went need to shut the heck up on Twitter for about six months and let the party just kind of gel and say, this is where we are and this is who we are and we're going to move forward. And by the way, to back up your point about the Senate, the, the Raphael Warnock, Herschel Walker race still mattering, it does because we got to remember in the Democratic Party in the Senate, they got two moderates in the Democrats. They got Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema out of Arizona, and Joe Manchin out of West Virginia. These are two moderates that are opposed to the to ending the filibuster. So if uh, if Raphael Warnock wins December sixth, then that gives the Democrats. 51 seats it gives the republicans 49 seats there are a lot when it comes to things like the filibuster or whatever the democrats won't need joe manchin and christian cinema anymore if they've got two seats they can tie 49 49 with republicans unless they were willing to vote with republicans in some issues so that that does actually matter a lot because they do have two moderates there uh john i want to get your take in just a moment on what we do regarding the the House and the Senate and the investigative committees and how big of a deal it is that the, the Republicans took control of the House. Uh, before we get to John, just a reminder, everybody, we must not let up on saving babies' lives, on stopping abortions. And we don't want you folks to let up either, okay? Uh, Pre-born partners with pro-life centers all across America. They've done this for a long time. They're the top competitor to Planned Parenthood because while Planned Parenthood's killing babies— uh, preborn is saving babies, but it takes money to do this. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion. How is that abortion stopped? By showing ultrasound images of that unborn baby to the mom. And the mom chooses life 83% of the time statistically. That's why we're asking everybody listening right now, would you donate one time $280 and stop 10 abortions? Just give it to preborn. All you got to do is this. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on the preborn tab, crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on preborn. You can give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. You can also call the 24 hour phone line at 833 850 BABY. Just mention Crawford Roundtable when you call and give. It's a nice tax write off for you. But keep this in mind, folks. Uh, preborn, just the first half of 2022 had under 20, just under 26 thousand babies lives saved 26,000 abortions stopped in just the first half of this year and along the way there were over 4,600 decisions for Jesus Christ 
That's a good use of $280, folks. So what do you say? Right now, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab. We appreciate you doing that. Here on the National Crawford Roundtable as we talk about the election results. So, John, it, it would be great if Republicans had won the House in a red wave by a lot. They didn't. But even if it's one or two votes, it does matter that the gavel is taken out of Nancy Pelosi's hands, that the committee leadership now switches hands to the Republicans. And by the way, can I just say on a side note, can you picture, can you picture President Biden during his State of the Union address next year and when he finishes his speech, having Kevin McCarthy stand up and take the speech and tear it it in half in front. You can't picture such a thing. That's the kind of stuff that we're used to from the Democrats, but would be shocking for Republicans. It just goes to show which of the two parties really is the most despicable in the way that they present those. We're just used to it. So there's no, there's no shock value no, when Democrats right. do stuff like this. That's right. No, and they're just they're just childish. I agree with Roger, by the way. It, it is time to, and I know it's sort of a, a cliche, it's time to unite, all that, but it really is. Guys, if we're going to get some things done, we, we've mm. got to get rid of the, the just the, the, the you know, the, the, the nonsensical bickering that happens in our party. We, we've got to put some of that pettiness aside and concentrate on the things that had a lot of what you talked about, Bob, great ideas. What will they do? I have no idea. We need, you know, we need to do something. The plus side of controlling the house. And I think this is the one thing that everybody needs to realize because I know there's a lot of folks out there that are super disappointed in the outcome of the election. They wish it had been better. I do as well as I know you guys, you know, feel the exact same way. But the reality is we still basically stop. There's not going to be any major legislation that rolls through in the next mm-hmm. two years. I mean, if there's if there's one good that comes out of it, you know, Bob and Rogers, the fact that, you know, we've put the brakes on a lot of this nonsensical spending and just the things that have come out that, you know, the the Inflation Reduction Act that is none of that at all. I mean, it's the opposite right. of it creates inflation. We at least can put a stop to that over the next two years. Yeah, that is very true. So let's uh, let's shift now to the 2022 version of Enron, Bernie Madoff, that whole thing. Oh the FTX bankruptcy. Uh, issue here. Uh, so, but, folks, but really would you quick, Bob, with yes. a whole different twist because this one, uh, this is the one thing that I wanted to talk about and why I wanted to, you know, hit, hit this subject today because nobody's really talking about this correctly. This was a Ponzi scheme to funnel money to the Democrats. It was. And, that, it, John, that's such an important point because people need to understand the, the, the circle of transactions that took place here because it involves Ukraine. And I, I know you know what I'm talking about here, okay? Yep. You, you've, got, uh, you've got Ukraine that invested heavily into FTX, okay, that this uh, cryptocurrency exchange is like a, a Coinbase. Yeah, probably I think they were the largest. To be really quick yeah, I know. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You have cryptocurrencies, of course, and you have these exchanges, uh, Coinbase, Binance, uh, and FTX. FTX, I believe, was the second largest of all of these huge exchanges, and so people can buy and sell cryptocurrency, uh, different uh, Bitcoin and all the rest of them on these exchanges. Well, Ukraine was heavily invested in FTX, okay, and buying a whole bunch of cryptocurrency through FTX, all right? However, 
FTX's CEO, which, by the way, Ukraine, where's Ukraine getting the money to do this? From us. Joe Biden, can, yep. Joe Biden continuing to send billions of dollars of our tax dollars over to Ukraine. Ukraine takes that money and then buys a whole, invests a whole bunch of money into FTX. So what does FTX do with that money? We all know it turns out that the CEO, the former CEO of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, a huge liberal lefty, has mm-hmm. donated tens of millions of dollars to Joe Biden and the Democrats, this tens of millions of dollars that's coming to him, by the way, from Ukraine, that's coming to Ukraine, by the way, from U.S. taxpayers. And so that money ends up getting funneled around back to the Democrats again in this full circle issue. And this guy had already planned on giving, he said, up to a billion dollars to the Democrats. And just so you know, in the midterm elections, uh, FTX put $40 million into funding the Democrats in the midterm elections. They are the number two donor of Democrats in the midterms. Number one, George Soros. Number two, this FTX CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried. So this is how Democrats were able to win the midterms the way that they did because of the, the, the number two donor behind George Soros is this guy. And so, I mean, this really is a quick, Bob. We're we're focused on election integrity, which, by the way, I believe we need to be. Mm-hmm. This is a much bigger story, by the way. This has got to be congressionally investigated. How can it not be? But anyway, this Ponzi scheme pretty much ended up collapsing. And by the way, this guy was not just taking money and funneling it to the Democrats. He was also taking this money and funneling it to subsidiaries to try to keep them afloat. That's right. uh, one of them that his girlfriend was running. And but but what he's doing the girlfriend is girlfriend who's the daughter of the guy that was in charge of the SEC? You mean that, Cal? Oh, yeah, that's the one. And so, okay. uh, so the, but the bottom line is, uh, this is a major, major scandal. It, it involves a huge money. And this guy was taking investors' money and saying, I'm going to use that investors' money A, to prop up my girlfriend's subsidiary, uh, B, to prop up the Democrats and get them elected. And then when a run on the bank starts happening, rut row, I don't have your money anymore. It's gone. We better uh, file bankruptcy and go run into the Bahamas. And so this is a major, major scandal that uh, that has taken place. And... uh, which, really you know, quick, Bob, if that had yeah. been on the Republican side of the fence, oh, you'd be hearing oh about it my. all over the news. You, you would not be able to get away from it. We are one of the few people even talking about this. I know. That is very true. And, Roger, I want to toss this over to you and, and get your thought and your take on this, not to mention the fact there's got to be legal investigations into this. We need some good, strong, uh, conservative Christian legal teams that are willing to look into stuff like this too, because this is corruption at an extremely high scale. It is, and it's the same type of thing. I know we were talking about earlier. You were mentioning the uh, the BLM riots from a couple of years ago, and the fact that there were so many different cases of violence being committed against you know public institutions and things of that nature. I was talking to a pastor the other day who was in Vancouver. He goes, "I'm ten miles from Portland." We had 150 straight days of rioting. That's just insane how there wasn't any sort of criminal investigation. But then remember this past summer after the Dobbs leak where there were 100 different pro-life centers that were all attacked and firebombed and no mm-hmm. one's investigating anything sort of like that just because Roe versus Wade was overturned. You know, when the Dobbs 
case went the way we wanted to. Now the real legal battle begins. And you mentioned that legal arm. And I'm so grateful for Alliance Defending Freedom and the work that they're doing right now to stand up for the rights of people who are having their rights taken away systematically. And the fact that one of the key election points was we have to stand for democracy because the Supreme Court's taking away your constitutional rights. All the while, conservatives, Christians, people of faith are having their religious liberties squashed. And if it weren't for the organization Alliance Defending Freedom, many of them would not have a voice. I mean, the states are making the issue, for example, on the pro-life centers and the abortion cases right now. And this is a case where a, a time when you're going to see more of these challenges coming to light. And you watch ADF is going to be running the show as far as the legality and the defense there, too. I highly recommend, I know all of us here at NCR do recommend that you support Alliance Defending Freedom. They handle all of their cases pro bono. So when a case like uh, Baron L. Stutzman and Marlene's Flowers in Washington or Jack Phillips of Masterpiece Cake Shop, Aaron mm -hmm. and Lisa Klein are back in business in Montana, but they're trying to get their whole case, you know, basically exonerated and ADF is running the charge for them. You make a donation of any amount. It's tax deductible, perfect to do this time of year. Go to adflegal.org or go to crawfordmediagroup.net and you can make a donation to support Alliance Defending Freedom because they're partnering with us. We're partnering with them to get the word out that there is a legal team that will stand up for religious liberty, that will that will stand up for those who are saying, hey, wait a minute, I was ripped off by this, you know, this election here where right. this scandal has been going on and all this illegal money is being funneled you know, to these different campaigns. I mean, Bob, when you think about the influence and how the election could have gone were it not for the Soros money, but then also for the FTX money. I mean, it's just, it, it's scandalous to think, I know people of faith have been hurt by this. And I know that a group like ADF is going to be standing in the gap for them. Right. Well, and they are, and ADF is phenomenal. And, you know, Roger, it, it really is frustrating to think about the fact that this FTX guy, okay, the Sam Bankman freed, that he's the number two donor to the Democrats. I mean, how frustrating was it for all of us when we, we turn on the TV and we're seeing, you know, 10 Democrat commercials for every one Republican yep. commercial? Where is all this money coming from? And why, Your pocket, oh, why? Bob. Your yeah, pocket. I, you know what? I know. And why, oh, why is this not being treated as a major scam? John, you were absolutely right. If this were the other way around, if this guy were a Republican donor, okay, the number two largest Republican donor uh, that there was, and he and he was running this kind of Ponzi scheme, oh my God! And it was coming around full circle that that money that that the the Democrats are basically getting reimbursed via. Uh, via Ukraine, if that were happening, the Republicans were, the, the, the congressional investigations would be through the roof on this yep. right now. So yep. uh, th this is, uh, this is right. Now, this, I, is the, this is the ultimate definition of being a hypocrite. Oh, I know. You know what? I, I know. I get it. And so, Ber actually, if you really think about this, if you think about this in terms of dollars, okay, and investors and how much money has been lost, Enron, Bernie Madoff, mm -hmm. uh, they really do pale in comparison. Right. I mean, what happened here? What when you're raiding people's pensions? When you're okay, all of that is wrong. We get that. When you're ripping off investors, uh, Ponzi scheme, Madoff, we get that. How wrong that is. FTX ripped off ripped off investors, but not to the tune of a few million dollars. To the tune of several billion dollars actually potentially into the hundreds of billions That's of right. dollars That's uh, right. this is a major 
major issue, not to mention the fact you have the entire cryptocurrency industry that I don't know that it'll collapse, but I'll tell you what, it's experiencing uh, it's experiencing, uh, experiencing a huge fallout. A lot of people are losing money because everybody else that's invested, look, I have some cryptocurrency, I admit. I, I got some. I got some Bitcoin and a couple other coins as well. I've been watching them tank, okay? So right. this is affecting a lot of people. This is costing upwards of close to a trillion dollars. Uh, this is really major. And unless I'm missing something, John, I don't see the mainstream press making an issue nope. of this at all, let alone connecting it to the nope. Democrats. They, they, are, they are not connecting any of the dots. They're not telling any of the public what we've been talking about today. They're not connecting the dots as far as the players that were involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and by the way, for all of you listening, there were some really, I want to say, naive investors, i.e. Tom Brady, that even, you know, yeah, even, I know. you know, pub, you yeah. know uh, advertised the for these guys, a lot right. of celebrities. Uh, you know, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin himself on Shark Tank. Oh, Larry, been right. All sorts of individuals that have got caught up in this thing. And, and really, to find out from the root of what was going on, it was literally your tax dollars funding the majority of this. You know what's weird about this? So look at the CEO. If you ever watch this guy in an interview, the Sam Bankman Freed, okay? Yeah, he looks like a nutcase. He's got the the uh, you know the the giant hair all over the place. Mm-hmm. Some thirty year old uh, dumpy, goofy guy who has a hard time engaging in normal conversation. Uh, wears t shirts and shorts when sitting next to Bill Clinton at a fundraising event. Right. And what does he do? He hangs out with a dozen or so of his friends and apparently, reportedly, uh, kind of orgy-type situations in the in the Bahamas. So uh, little sex parties with all of his, his friends, a bunch of 20-somethings and 30-somethings. Uh, and this goofy guy, and yeah, you would think somebody like Kevin O'Leary and, and Tom Brady and some of these celebrities would be like, I don't know, is this really somebody that we're going to trust with this kind of power and money and influence and everything else? But I don't get it, Bob. I, you know I what? don't get it. I mean, as I'm saying, know. if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. This was one of those. I know. So, Roger, your take on this whole and the effect that this has on the the cryptocurrency industry itself, but also the absolute corruption connected to the Democratic Party in this. You know, it's interesting to see how many people ha- fell for this, obviously, but then all to see, you know, this is a guy who was running this Ponzi scheme. And he's trying to basically buy off the, you know, the people he thought were going to be, uh, you know, advantageous to him in terms of advancing the cause of cryptocurrency. And so the fact that he could, like, for example, I don't think uh, Tim Ryan uh, you know how to get anything from it because you know he did he he wasn't playing the game you know so it's like mm. you had to say i love crypto and i think he would have supported anybody who said they were pro crypto but the idea that he could just kind of figure this is the way this is all works it, it shows you how much lobbying has changed over the past several years because the lobbying industry i mean let's face it how many former congressmen and congresswomen wind up becoming paid political lobbyists because they understand how to ask for money and you know we we've seen how corrupt it is the thing that just boggles my mind about this is how how blatant it is and all of a sudden whose toes did he step on because why weren't we hearing about this until election day oh by the way did you hear about this crazy guy with the weird hair and a billion dollars and now he's you know bankrupt and everything fell apart he was worth 16 billion dollars one day the next day he's worth a billion and that's the bulk of the money that he gave to the democrat party it's just it's it's so wild to see this happening and yet i want to know why 
the investigative journalism isn't there. Why? I mean, why are we the only ones talking about this, guys? I mean, quite frankly, because it was here. a Democratic Party being That's fed right. by them. That's, That's why. Right. That's I mean, right. I, I was asking that somewhat rhetorically, but I mean, it, it's yeah. Where where are the days of the you know let, let's who no one suspected any of this you know going into the, I mean we've got racists right now. I mean, of what I saw from the hill.com as of this morning, Tuesday morning when we're recording this podcast, there were still what 15, 19 you know different races in the house that had yet to be decided, and twelve of them were in California. How is it that the People's Republic of California, which is so Democrat heavy, a two to one advantage when it comes to voter registration, all the early voting, all the gerrymandering and flipping districts. And you got people like Katie Porter fighting for her life. You've got that central uh, district 13 that has 86 votes separating the Republican and Democrat. I mean, you would think with the money and the influence that uh, uh, old Mr. FTX could have done better in terms of his investing and putting out, you know, fires, because it seems like the will of the people fighting back i mean actually this has been more of a red resistance than a red wave i mean quite frankly right. i mean i was looking at Zel lee zeldin's uh instagram post this morning he said hey look new york almost went completely red in the election i mean they didn't in Ockel's office but in terms of major you know state senate races and things like that there's a lot more conservative action in places like new york california should have all been called on election night and mm. there's still, I mean, 12 of the 52 congressional districts are still up in the air a week later. I mean, that it just it, it's amazing how in spite of the negative influence of, of FTX in the election, right. you're still seeing this kind of resistance. I know. So maybe maybe it's not a red wave. Maybe it's a red resistance. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I, th there's so much more that we can unpack here. And I know next week we're probably going to talk about uh, Donald Trump a lot, assuming that Donald Trump announces that he's going to run for president. You know what? We'll see. Uh, in the meantime, I do want to remind everybody also, uh, continue to support ADF. Continue to support Preborn. As a matter of fact, if you haven't donated yet to Preborn, you can do it right now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, and you can give your $280 right there. We're asking everybody to give a minimum of $280, which stops 10 abortions. Now, look, if you could do more than that, so, some of you have been blessed financially, do $2,800 and stop 100 abortions by showing these ultrasound images to babies, okay, of the babies to the moms. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, or you can call the 24-hour phone number. It's 833-850-BABY. And remember, everything that you give to preborn goes right to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So we appreciate you folks doing that. We also appreciate you folks tuning in to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, we thank you for that. Remember, you can listen to previous episodes by going to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or Apple Podcast Stitcher, tune in wherever you listen. You can also go to MyHopeNow.com if you want to watch video of this podcast. So, and... We appreciate your five-star reviews. Thank you so much for that. So thanks for listening, everybody. And John Rush, Roger Marsh, next week, Neil Borum be back with us as well. Bob Duco, myself, and John, Roger, great catching up with you. Looking forward to next week. Always. Likewise. You thanks. bet. We'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. A view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to Save Babies Now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. 
Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your Apple app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.